What up, what up? It's Dramos from the Life as a Gringo podcast. And y'all already know, food has the power to bring people together. Whether it's takeout for two or watching the season finale of your favorite show or going to a barbecue with your peoples. Both go great with an ice-cold Coca-Cola by your side. And if you can't cook, chips and dip work, especially as you listen to your go-to podcast. At Michael Tura, we know familia, friends, and community matter. That's why we aim to elevate Latino voices. So share the magic of our podcast with your friends and add a Coca-Cola to the mix. Because there's magic when we eat together. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows, Like Life is a Gringo, available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's the Monday edition of This Is America. We're going to recap what happened over the weekend. Hopefully you had a chance to catch my show on WPHT. 50,000 powerful watts reaching everybody uh, in Jersey and Philadelphia as well as Delaware. So anyway. I want to get into this stuff that happened over the weekend because I was scrolling on social media like I'd like to do because I get a lot of inspiration for the show when I scroll through social media. And I found a a story. It was uh, somebody's Instagram story. And I was really, you know, again, disappointed but not surprised. Why? Because there's always these idiots out there. I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to find one. And this time it was an actress. Her name, Michelle Guzman. And she was ranting and raving about the effing cops and they don't do their jobs right. I can't believe they shut down the entire effing city because they're trying to bury a damn cop who probably did his job wrong. Yada, yada, yada. If you think I'm exaggerating, I'm not. And of course, this is the uh, police funeral for Officer uh, Rivera and uh, Jason Rivera. And it's it's horrible uh, that that she would say that. But. She made those comments and she exercised her free speech on her TikTok account. uh, At Vinyl Boobs is the name of the account. And um, this actress who was working with a theater company called Face to Face Theater had this to say. Shut down most of lower Manhattan because one cop died for probably doing his job incorrectly. They kill people who are under 22 every single day for no good reason. And we don't shut down the city for them. Now, she says, we don't shut down the city for people that are obviously being killed because cops are the bad guys and you're inhuman. Now, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember uh, right here on This Is America telling you guys the way that the left operates is they want to dehumanize you, right? It it doesn't matter. This is even predating Trump. The, The idea was if you are a Republican, if you're a conservative, if you're pro life, you're somehow not worth defending. You're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to participate in society. Now, they've taken that and they have applied it to everything. If you don't want to get the vaccine, you can't participate in society. If you want to vote for Trump, you can't participate in society. If you think that it should be easier uh, to uh, vote legally, like by showing ID or something like that, then you can't participate in society because they want to make it easier to vote in an unsecure way. 
And and these are their this is their mantra. This is what they stand for. And it's it's troubling because years ago I remember having a debate with somebody and I said honestly, what to me what motivates the left is hate. It's just hatred. It's evil that moves the left. Now I'm not saying every democrat is evil. I'm not. I'm not I'm not even saying that that they shouldn't even be allowed to say what they're saying because I do believe they should be allowed because I'm not them. And I don't ever want to be like them. I want you to disagree with me. I want to have the conversation, even if we have to argue a little bit. I don't mind. What I don't want is for you to say, no, 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 you can't say that, or for me to tell them, no, you can't say that. Now, she lost her job, and that's on her. I would not have called for her to be fired because I think she's got free speech. You know what? I say some uh, occasionally... um, bombastic things on the radio and I'm not looking to lose my job. I think we have free speech, but we also have couth and we should exercise that couth. But what's messed up here is that another girl named Michelle Guzman in New York, uh, another Hispanic girl, similar hairstyle. They don't really look alike, but again, if you know, you don't know them, I guess you could confuse them somehow. But this poor girl's now she's been getting berated online for having the same name as this actress and this poor girl is just a gymnastics coach, and she has a small uh, candy company, that a small business that she operates with her sister. Now, this, I think, is unfortunate because now she's getting canceled by I don't know who, but I'm going to presume uh, proponents of the NYPD and proponents of doing things decently in life. And because she's got the same name, she's getting trashed. Hello. My name is Jacqueline Michelle Guzman. Um, I am a 25-year-old gymnastics coach and small business owner. This video is to clarify that I am not the Jacqueline Guzman that took that video, that awful video. I have been receiving multiple calls and messages and many, many threats. So my sister, who is also my partner, has been taking over and helping clearing that it's not me. I know the people that know me know it's not me, but for the people that don't, if you can just please take a second to hear my voice and see my face. Help clarifies a bit more. Well, guys are targeting the wrong person. Targeting the wrong person. And again, this is the case of mistaken identity. And I laugh not because I think it's funny. I feel horrible for this girl. She reminds me of my own kid in many ways. You know, just a, a decent girl that's trying to do the right thing and has the same name. Her name is Jacqueline Michelle. The other one is just Jacqueline Guzman. If I messed that up before, forgive me. But that's the cop hater that I'm going to guess has never believed in a conservative principle in her life. I'm also going to guess. And again, this is where I get into trouble, but I'm usually right. This other Michelle who was like, oh, but the cop probably did this and he probably did that. I'm very curious to know her position on the almighty. I'm very curious to know what she thinks about God. I'm very curious to know if she's in church on Sundays and if she's reading her Bible. Now, I'm not criticizing people who don't do that, but I would caution them, right? I would admonish you. You should, right? Just think about the type of D-bag that I am and can be and have been and am. And that's with me seeking the truth, seeking the light of the Lord, right? Imagine who I'd be without Jesus. So I I think, you know, if I were a doctor, I would prescribe Jesus to everybody. And I, especially to these crazy leftists that are out there doing things in the name of BLM and hating cops, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there was a lot of talk on TV that I saw recently over the weekend, um, 
and on Monday. With respect to Snoop Dogg and NWA and all of that stuff, and listen, I can be a culture critic as much as the next guy because I think that, you know, you have to be responsible for the things that you say. But I also understand that art imitates life, and that's just what it is. So I think, you know, when I watched The Sopranos, I wasn't looking at it as some sort of cultural appropriation of Italians, or I happened to live in that neighborhood. Uh, Part of The Sopranos was filmed in Nutley, New Jersey, and at the time, I lived in Nutley. And a lot of people in Nutley were outraged. How could you do this and make our uh, portray our community to look this way? And I was thinking, you know what? This is what it is. When you watch a movie with a shootout in Times Square, it doesn't mean there's always a shootout in Times Square. Now, today, these days, there might be, lamentably. But my point is, the creative expression of an artist has to be allowed. Same thing they're doing to Joe Rogan. They're saying, oh, you can't talk about this, you can't do that when you're creating your podcast. And I think to myself, you know, I don't want to censor somebody else. When they come out with their communist nonsense, I don't want to censor them. I just want to debate them. I don't want to put a, a label on them. I just want people to be able to hear both sides. This has been my criticism of everything. In the last episode where we talked about this topic, I criticized Hot 97 in New York, and I love that morning show. Great morning show. been listening for years. But it's become incredibly focused on social issues. Again, nothing wrong with social issues, even though it's a hip-hop music station. So if you're listening to This Is America with Rich Valdez, you're going to hear social commentary. You're going to hear cultural commentary, uh, current events, because that's what I do. I don't tune into Hot 97 with that expectation. But if they're going to dabble with it from time to time, at least air both sides of the story. Don't just tell both sides of the story and do it in an unbalanced way. You know, like Republicans disagree. And then just (laughs) go off on your tangent and at the end say, Republicans disagree. (laughs) That's not really giving both sides. In the BLM podcast that we did one or two episodes ago, I encourage you to check it out because it was really interesting, my reaction to this debate that I heard on the Spanish radio, and this is Spanish music, which I like to listen to to forget about news and politics. And I found it super interesting that they did give both sides. They brought in Hawk Newsom and a Dominican translator, and they brought in a, a female detective and a male retired detective from NYPD, and they had it out. To me, that was fair. That was a fair, it wasn't a civil discourse, because it did get in a little bit uh, <laughs> uncivil, but it wasn't a rumble. I mean, it just, they, it got agitated. But my point was they presented you with both sides of the story to get to the truth. And that's the way you got to do it. But that's not what happens today. The leftist wants one side, my way or the highway. That's it. Punto y final. And this is why I find it just horrible. Because then you start to think you're God, pushing people in front of the trains. Oh, you think I'm going too far? Look at this headline, Daily Mail. Man threatened to F up the police funerals in disturbing video just days before a second police officer ceremony at St. Patrick's. Now, this is the same guy that was taped yelling racist slurs at an Asian NYPD cop. Imagine that. The guy's name, Terrell Harper, 39 years old, uploaded a video of his own tirade to a private Instagram account at rally underscore rebel on Saturday, a day after the sea of blue stood saluting the memory of Officer Jason Rivera, who was killed. What do you have to say? Hmm. Listen to this. I had mutual aid yesterday. I had mutual aid with uh with Angie Apache, bro. But if I'd have known about that mother funeral, I would have that up, bro. All the way, one hundred percent. I'd have that up, bro. I'm telling you, you ought to get around that corner. No cops. No KKK. Oh man, so I'd have that funeral up. So that'd have been a wet dream. That funeral up, bro. Oh my goodness, sir. I can't wait. I'm looking for the next cop funeral. I'm gonna. 
it up, bro. I'm telling you, I'm going to f*** that up. He'll make news ASAP. Something tells me that if he shows his face at the next funeral, he's the one that's going to get up. But let's continue. I'm it up. I don't give a up, bro. I don't give a I'm their next funeral up. You better not die no time soon because I'm going to f*** your funeral up. Stick. Well, there you go. Now, crime in New York City is up nearly 39% compared with the same time last year. Robberies are up 33% and shootings are up 22%. That's all according to the latest crime numbers from the NYPD. So this video that came out on Saturday of Harper threatening to disrupt NYPD funerals is not the first time his words have gotten him in trouble. According to the article, he got into it with a police officer who happened to be Asian, Chung. And Chung filed a civil lawsuit in Manhattan Supreme Court against Harper. Harper made various anti-Asian comments that were filmed during a demonstration in March of 2021. Chung, who's a 16-year veteran of the NYPD, called him a damn cat eater and asked if he could see because of the way his eyes were. I mean, just basic um, douchebaggery, if I'm allowed to say that on the radio. Harper wasn't charged with any crimes during the incident, but again, he was uh, sued civilly by the officer. This is not a Trumper. I just want to make that clear. Now, I'm sure there might be some a-hole Trumpers out there, guaranteed. But it's overwhelmingly disproportionate the amount of a-holes that are on the other side. And this is why I I, I don't want to associate with this guy. I don't want to have a conversation with this guy. But I, I might attempt it if that was an opportunity presented to me. But a guy like this isn't going to understand logic. This guy understands one thing, right? He wants to use brute force and bully his way into this thing and do his thing. So, so sometimes you got to treat people the way that you're being treated. Obviously, the golden rule, treat them the way you want to be treated and always go with that first. But if you're having a peaceful funeral and this guy, whatever his name was, I just said, Mr. Harper, comes in trying to F things up. Well, what do you expect people to do? I pray the Lord have mercy on him if he tries it this Thursday at the funeral of Officer Mora. The cops are not trying to have it. They don't want to end up dead. They're tired of burying their brothers in blue, all in the name of signing on to crime. Yeah, that's what it's about. I was on Newsmax, and one of the segments we did was on this crime issue. And the Democrat that was there to counterbalance the point was saying that, look, nobody's looking at who's in office and how we uh, can sit here and analyze politics in order for us to go and do crime. But I have to say, when you've got Michael Rappaport, who's a huge left-wing progressive, and he's on TV uh, making his own TikTok videos or whatever and putting them out there saying, look, they're shutting down the, uh, I don't know if it was a Dwayne Reed or a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or a CVS, but one of those chain pharmacies that they're shutting it down because, and he shows in the videos, nothing left on the shelves because they've been completely robbed. And the security guard just stands there as people walk out with the goods in their hands because they know that the cops aren't going to arrest them and the prosecutors aren't going to prosecute them because they're pro-crime prosecutors. So what is one to do? Either shut it down or fight. And since these corporate companies have already dug themselves a grave uh, with the woke left, because they're on board with this, right? They probably donated tons of money to BLM, which is what paved the way for these crimes. And the George Soros-funded uh, um, organizations that helped to facilitate these pro-crime district attorneys and prosecutors. So what do you do? It takes people that were once Democrats, people that were once centrist, people that were like, look, I don't care about politics. I don't give a damn about this. But one thing I can tell you is I don't like it and I'm not going to allow it. And you're going to get a lot of people, whether they're truck drivers, bus drivers, cab drivers, doctors, lawyers, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. And they're all going to be like, you know what? I'm not letting this happen. And little by little, they're going to turn New York City into the New York City of that movie Death Wish 3. And I don't mean vigilantism, although that's what the movie was about. 
In Death Wish 3 in particular, there were gangs breaking into people's homes. And they got really clever. They started putting nails, a bunch of nails, into like pieces of plywood and putting that right outside a window. So if you tried to break in through the window, as soon as you stepped foot in the apartment, your foot would land on a bed of nails. That type of thing. They were booby-trapping it, fighting fire with fire in that way. Now, obviously, unless you're like fighting some huge forest fire, you can't really fight fire with fire. You got to fight it with water. But my point is you got to learn your enemy and understand how they operate. And time and again, they outsmart us. They use their incivility against our civility. They're uncouth and they use it against us having some couth. And it's going to take a little bit more energy on our side to be able to combat it. But trust me, I think we're going to win. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Straight ahead, more to come. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I want to bounce an idea off you because I think we can't always believe the hype, right? We can't fall for this incivility stuff. That's, they keep trying to use it on us. Ultimately, that leads to these desires to have a civil war. And I don't think any of us really want to have a civil war, right? This idea is one that is, uh, I think, counterintuitive. It's anti-American. None of us should really promote that idea. But I think the enemy, they know exactly what it is that makes us tick. And they know that when people get frustrated, they'll say just about anything. Because they're frustrated, and that's exactly what they're doing. And I think that there are foreign actors that are out there that are constantly planting the idea of, at what point do we, if you're starting sentences like that, you really got to check yourself. Nobody lives their life saying, at what point do I, you already know what you're going to do, right? Somebody punches you in the face, you don't go, hey, at what point am I going to punch back? No, you know exactly when you're going to punch back, or if you're going to punch back at all. See, because there are different people. I don't like to oversimplify, but sometimes you find people that are the type that are going to get punched and go, hey, well, why are you hitting me? And you're going to find other people that as soon as they get punched, they're going to recoil their fist and boom, they're going to punch you right back. And that's it. Maybe there's somebody in between that's going to try and figure it out between the stars and go, hey, hold on, I'm going to have to protect myself. Let me cover my face and start swinging blindly. But ultimately, you're either going to fight or flight, right? That's the, uh, the response. So some of you are going to retreat and say, hey, but why would you hit me? That's so mean. Why would you do such a thing? What do we do? What do we do? 
I can tell you George Washington wasn't running around saying, what do we do? The British are doing all this bad stuff. What do we do? I can tell you who else doesn't do it. AOC, all out crazy. Our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. She doesn't sit around going, oh my gosh, the right, they want, they believe they're client deniers. They're climate deniers and they're going to ruin the world in 12 years. What do we do? She doesn't do that. No, she takes the exact opposite approach. They're trying to tell us, you want to rape me? You want to date me? You want, and she goes on the offensive. She never says, what do I do? What do I do? What can we do? What can we do? She's not a pansy and neither are you. So don't fall for the Civil War hype. It's overrated. And honestly, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And I've said this constantly on my show. If you listen to this show from episode one till now, we're in episode number 300 and some odd. It's been the same message for me. You don't have a civil war without a general. There's no civil war without a target. What are we going to do? Take over the White House and fly an American flag? Oh, hold on. There's already an American flag. So that means we're taking out an American president? I mean, it's just illogical. The whole thing. What is the line of demarcation? Where's the North? Where's the South? And again, I'm just basing this on the history of the original Civil War. What are we going to say? Oh, you know what? Pennsylvania's a, a purple state and New Jersey's a red state. So we're going to draw a line at the, the border and uh, maybe we'll fight each other. Oh, but my aunt lives over there. Yeah, yeah. My cousin lives over there. Yeah, now they're Democrats, but they come over for Thanksgiving. Uh, right? You see, it, this doesn't work this way. It just doesn't. I know everybody likes to have little nicknames for people, so I'm going to ask you this. What is it that you think the good guys do, a.k.a. the White Hats? Do we go and rip down the, the White House and rebuild a new one? Let's just say if Trump is our guy. We're going to rip down, knock down the White House and prop up Mar-a-Lago as, as the new home base? If we rip down the American flag, what flag do we replace it with? How do you get the military, the U.S. military who took an oath, how do you get them to turn on a dime? Now, I've heard the logic. People tell me, oh, no, 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 no. It's because they'll stand down. They're not going to shoot Americans. That's funny because the bloodiest war in this country's history was 650,000 dead Americans killed by other Americans. That's the whole point of a civil war. Do you think there are no woke leftists in the military? What about General Milley? What about General Austin, who's Secretary of Defense? You think these guys are just going to take this lying down like we don't have an American military? there was a real effort for a civil war, at what point do we, at what point we take back our government? Stop. We take back our government by taking it back, fixing the voting issue. We just had a big victory that Trump was just talking about over the weekend. And I got some Trump audio I'm going to play for you. That's how you do it. You do exa- Trump is the, the best example for this stuff, literally. Talks a big game. He puts it all out there. But when it comes down to it, he takes swift, decisive action. He knows exactly what he's doing. So don't believe the civil war hype. Trump's never advocated for a civil war. If I think, I think I have to say this, and I guess I'll probably take some heat for this, but I think people that showed up for January 6th and thought that Trump was asking for violence when he said, it's going to be wild. I think you were mistaken. I think he got duped by a couple of radicals that were always looking for the fight. Listen, I know some very, very well. They're only here for the smoke, as they say. They don't care about politics. They just want to fight. They're on standby for a fight. And before they cared about politics, they were looking for a fight somewhere else for something. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. 
We are professional grade. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Because that's what they like is a fight. That's just how that is. You put a couple of those people together with a, an FBI person that's great at manipulating them, boom, you get a Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping. Boom, you get a January 6th, a government-led attack that never would have happened without the government. Would you look at that? Now, speaking of January 6th, Trump says that we've got to help the January 6th people, even if we've got a part of them. And this caused a firestorm for him. But let's listen to his comments. And another thing we'll do, and so many people have been asking me about it, if I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. So now here's the thing. Trump is catching all sorts of heat because people are saying, how could you promise pardons? You haven't even heard the case. Listen, on the level of emotion, and again, he's a politician. He's doing what politicians do. But I don't think anybody could sit here and say, hey, listen, uh, yeah, we're going to give you pardons because you decided to break windows in the Capitol. You decided to uh, steal Pelosi's laptop. You decided to uh, whatever it was you decided to do. Right now, I get it. If there's a person that was on the grass and got tackled by the FBI or the Capitol Police and they're now getting charged with, you know, these these charges of uh, trespassing, criminal trespass, whatever it was. Listen, you take it at a case by case basis. And again, Trump didn't say that he was going to offer everybody a pardon. He said if it requires it. So in his defense, I think he's saying, look, all options are on the table. So I, I don't disagree with Trump. I'm just saying I understand how some people may have understood what he was saying, saying, look, you can't sit here and tell them, look, go in. If you disagree with an election, you go, you trash the Capitol. And then once you've trashed the Capitol and the FBI has done a number on everybody and gets people in there, and people get shot and people are killed and it's horrible, or at least one person is killed and other people die outside and whatever. All that being said, we don't sit here and then say, do it again because you're going to get a pardon. If it if it's required, I think it's it's premature to have that discussion. But kudos to him for putting it out there, because that's how you throw red meat to a base. That's how you succeed both in radio and in politics. You tell people what they're already thinking. You become their voice. And when people feel that you're their voice, your audience grows. Now, this is always something I've had difficulty with because I don't always agree with everything that's out there. And I don't think that we should arm ourselves. Yes, arm yourself, but don't arm yourself to the point where you're going to take back your own country. I mean, this is not a third world country. This is not some rural place in, in a third world country where we don't have access to police and we don't have access to the military. But Rich, you're missing the point. You're getting armed to protect yourself from the government, to protect yourself from, from a sheriff who's not doing his job or a military that's gone rogue. I get it. And yes, no more, no more libertarian than I on this topic. I believe that I should be allowed to have a tank and a helicopter. I don't want the government to regulate that stuff. If I can find a surplus tank, a surplus submarine, an old Blackhawk, and I can afford to buy that stuff, I should be allowed to buy it. Now you think you're out of your mind. Yes, I am out of my mind. But I think, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Back then it was a musket. The government had a musket and I had a musket. Now you've got thermal imaging, you've got choppers, you've got uh, all sorts of ATVs and and armored uh, vehicles that you could trash my, my home with and break in. You could even send in like a robotic, those those bomb detection devices. 
you know, where you could send in a camera and smoke bombs and all sorts of stuff. If that's what the government's got, I want that. I want to see their heat signatures the same way they see my heat signature. I want night vision the same way they have night vision. I want to be able to take off and fly. If a rich guy can buy a private jet, why can't I buy a helicopter? Now, nobody's stopping me from buying a helicopter except my pocket. But my point is, if I wanted to buy a tank, and I don't mean like a 1900s Sherman tank as a collector's piece, but I mean I should be allowed to buy whatever I want to buy. And I realize a lot of people will challenge me and say, you're out of your mind. So now you want nuclear weapons? That's debatable. My initial response is, if I can afford it, yes. But I do see the peril of that. And I realize that this is why I'm not a libertarian, right? It's because there are certain things that we want to have some sort of line drawn at. And that might be one of them. Especially if you get somebody with a really hot head that gets a tank, somebody with a really hot head that develops nukes or a pipe bomb or something like that. We've already seen what happens when crazy people get their hands on that stuff. And again, while I'm out of my mind, I don't really wish anyone any harm. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But the overarching point remains I don't want to be outgunned by the government. And I also realize that it's not anarchy that any of us wants, right? Maybe we don't like public schools today, but for many years, public schools provided a great service. Maybe we don't all want government health insurance, but I'm sure that there is Medicaid that's helped a lot of people, especially those that couldn't get insurance through their job. And this is why we have debate, and it's why I encourage dissent and debate, because these are very important topics in our time that change from time to time, and need representation. They need someone that can say, hey, you know what, I'm going to represent people, and I come from a rural district where we don't have this and that, and we need this and that. And somebody else can come and say, and I come from a really populated urban area, and this is what I know, and we're going to talk it out because different strokes for different folks, but we all have to live together. I don't know, call me crazy, but that's actually what I believe. Anyway, straight ahead, I want to jump into something else, and I have this article I want to read to you, but you know what? I am filling in for the great one very soon, So when I do, I'll actually read that article on the air because it's about this civil war and this incivility and my whole Mr. Softy approach to loving thy neighbor. And I want to jump into it a little more, but I probably won't do it today. There's some stuff that I do want to play for you. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez. And we were just talking about the rally that President Trump did over the weekend. It was Saturday night in the uh, suburbs of Houston, Texas. And it was really cool uh, because I think this might have been the biggest crowd that he's ever had. I think they were estimating it at 85,000. I mean, every time I looked on online somewhere, the numbers were like, oh, 40,000, 50,000, 75,000, 85,000. <laughs> it was just, it was great to see. I mean, there was no arguing. It was a massive crowd, a very eclectic crowd. You look over his shoulder, you'd see blacks for Trump, cops for Trump, all sorts of people for Trump. And if you've never been in the presence of uh of El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States for one of these rallies. Uh, you're missing out. It's really an amazing event. Uh, perhaps I appreciate it more than others because I'm very partial to El Trumpito, but also because I think talking is something that I do. You know, I do it professionally. Sometimes I wonder why, <laughs> but and I'm not putting it down. I'm saying, anyway, my point is, I'm wondering why they let me. He goes on for an hour and a half, two hours, not skipping a beat, and it's just effortless. He makes it look easy. 
which I, I'm sure for him it is. You know, it took him a, a career to get there and a lot of it's natural pizzazz. But I don't think it's genuinely easy to get in front of a large crowd like that and just deliver remarks without stumbling and just go and go and go and go and be so nuanced between policy and your expertise and your experience and humor and just common sense and being able to relate to, to such a multitude of people, whether they're bankers and lawyers or, or grandmas and grandpas that are retired that you know spent a, a career working in the home. I mean, I just think it's fascinating. And he talked about truckers. And I, I, I love what's happening with the truckers because that's when people say, what do we do? What do we do? Well, the truckers are doing it, right? And let alone not even American truckers, Canadian truckers. They said, you know what? We've had enough. We're not doing this thing anymore with the vaccine mandates telling us we can't get into the United States or we can't get back into Canada or vice versa if we don't have a vaccine. Listen, you don't want food? You want us to park our trucks and walk away? You, you, good luck towing them. I think they're expected to have 700,000 cars in this uh, latest one. And I think they're making their way to D.C. Although, again, there's so much propaganda out there. Don't support the truckers. Do support the truckers. The truckers are for Putin. This, that. I mean, it's just so crazy. But when you hear from the truckers, it's very clear. They're just doing what they've got to do to keep the economy's lifeline, which is the truckers, going and to keep their own lifelines going because they are providing for themselves and their families. And that is a fundamental thing. While you may work for a company that has any right to do what it wants to do as your employer, I think you as an individual have that right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which in my opinion, the pursuit of happiness includes earning a living. So you could take a vacation to Miami. Oh, by the way, I got a story about Miami. But let's listen to Trump. That's true. The Canadian truckers, you've been reading about it, who are resisting bravely these lawless mandates are doing more to defend American freedom than our own leaders by far. And we want those great Canadian truckers to know that we are with them all the way. They are. They've really shown something. And that is President Trump, 45th president of the United States, El Trumpito in Conroe, Texas, this weekend, who uh, keeps saying he may be the 47th president, keeps hinting towards a, a run, but not quite committing to a run. And again, it's a wild card. I think he, he has an idea. He has an inclination, but he's leaving the door open just in case it, the timing isn't right. And he says, you know what? He even said it at some point in the speech that he could be doing a lot better things than going through all of this. So, again, I look at that example. And again, not to idolize Trump in any way, but just to look at the mechanics of it. He's got a good life. He's got a supermodel wife. What's the benefit of all this? Why not just play golf? Why not just build a few more Trump Tower buildings? He's made a good enough living his whole life that way. He's made enough money to stop working now. Now, I get it. There's personality involved. But the reality is he doesn't need this. Just like I don't need that. I don't want to run for president of the United States. I, I had a chance to, to run for Congress. And after really thinking about it, I realized, you know what? It would cost me so much. And I realized we have to sacrifice. But I've already sacrificed so much to get into radio. It's not all the glitz and glamour you think. Anyway, point is, it's about the sacrifice. It's about giving up where you're at. You could be doing something better, but you know that this might be the job for you. Maybe you're the parent that has to organize in your community to get parents to homeschool, to take them out of schools so that the indoctrination stops, so that the funding stops. Imagine the, the crippling impact of losing millions and millions and millions of dollars for a school district 
that's promoting CRT, that's promoting wokeism, that's promoting indoctrination in the classroom. Sending you your kid home saying, Mom, should I be a boy tomorrow or should I be a girl? That's what's happening in a lot of schools. Not every school, but in a lot of schools. And listen, I have a kid in public school right now, a school that I used to praise. And now I got to say is, is not as radical as Loudoun County, but give it a couple of years. Everybody is succumbing. You know why? Pension and a paycheck. People are afraid to walk away from a pension. People are afraid to walk away from a paycheck. I worked for the state of New Jersey. I was in the government. I can tell you it's a sweet gig. Not only do you get a pension, but you also get something called deferred compensation, which is like a 401k or better said a 403b type of situation. It's an investment, an annuity type of thing. Meaning when you retire from your 25 years of service, not only do you get, you know, 70 or 85 percent, whatever the number is of your of your salary at that time. And most of your friends will promote you to whatever your highest level is so that you can retire at the highest pay. But you also get paid out and it used to be unlimited. But now you get paid out for, let's say you have unused sick time. They'll pay that out. I think they've capped it now to an additional 15K as a lump sum that you could walk away with. But it used to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. There were people that would claim, oh, I've worked here for 32 years. I never took a sick day in my life. And they would leave with $250,000 on top of that when they cashed out their sick days. That's the type of thing that a government worker in New Jersey was doing for decades. So when they see government corruption, they go, hmm, I've got a pension and a paycheck, not to mention all these other perks. You think I'm going to stop this corruption? You got another thing coming. But Trump was right on track when he said, we've got to throw the Democrats out. We just got to throw them out. We've just got to throw them out. Check this out. If you care about your future, your family and your country, then you have no choice. This November, you have to throw these raving lunatics the hell out of power and elect strong, smart, tough Republicans who will restore your borders, protect your safety, defend your jobs and put America first. Absolutely right. You got to put America first. Now, listen, I'm not trying to parrot what he's saying. I'm really trying to make sense of it. And I know most of you listening, yeah, maybe a good percentage of you are fans of El Trompito and, and agree with me. But there's also a good contingent of you that are always new. We always attract new people, which is great. And I'm thankful for a growing show. But I'm also thankful for people that disagree with me, that I meet in my travails in life. And they, you know, they go, oh, what do you do? Get out of here. Not you. Not the bald-headed Puerto Rican guy born in Brooklyn, raised in Hudson County, New Jersey. How do you do political talk radio? And I tell them, man, I love this stuff. Number one, I love the sound of my own voice. But number two, these are important issues. They're important issues, and we have to talk about them. So I, I love the, the nuance that Trump brings to the table because he's that guy. He doesn't care about so many of the things that people care about politically. His interests aren't really political. They're patriotic. He's a businessman that has business sense. And again, I'm not trying to sell you Trump. I'm just saying why I relate. Because you know what? I would not be a conservative Republican today if it wasn't for the fact that I was once a guy named Fader. That was my nickname because I owned a barbershop called Fat Fade's Barbershop. And as a 14-year-old kid cutting hair in my dad's bathroom for nothing to learn how to do designs and, you know, these really short buzz cuts that we call the fade back in the days in the 90s. And then it, it became a business by accident. A friend of mine had a, a printing project. He printed up flyers. He put my real phone number on it. And I started getting all these calls, people saying, oh, I want to get a haircut. And they'd give me four bucks plus a dollar tip, five bucks. And I'd give him this little uh, chopped up uh, buzz cut in my bathroom. And it was like, oh, cool. And before you know it, I actually got decent at it. Then I became good at it. And I was making money. You know, 20 bucks became 40 bucks, became 100 bucks. 
And when you're making 200 bucks a week, 300, then 400, by the time I was 16, 16 and a half, my brother was like, you should really open a shop because you got 15 people waiting in, in the living room here. And I said, wow, uh, I don't think so. I'm 15, I'm uh, 16 rather. I don't think I can do anything but, you know, screw up. <laughs> That's what I did. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, I believe in you. I think you can do it. And before you knew it, I had transferred in my senior year of high school to night school so that I could have the days open to go to cosmetology school to become a licensed barber. And I was still cutting hair on the side. And I did that. And he laid out some money for me for a guy that had an addiction problem and was selling his business. It was a hair salon, had five stations in it. And before my 17th birthday, at 16 years old, I became a business owner. And I learned it's about the bottom line. You don't give stuff away. We're here to work. And it was a service business, so I didn't really have many products to sell. So I wasn't making profit on products. I was making my money on my service. And I learned that it's the customer that you have to to cater to. And if it wasn't for that experience and the years that I was a barber, I never would have understood the simple principles of economics, the supply and demand, what it takes to earn a dollar as an entrepreneur and a small business owner. But I did learn those things. And when you look at politics and you go, okay, so this guy wants to spend all my tax money and take more from me to give to the guy that doesn't work or the guy that can't work or whatever it is, and give them more services, more this, more that. Or you got the other guy that says, you know what? I want to see people really grow. Let's help people to get a business. Let's help people to become homeowners. All the things that I wanted to do, the American dream. So it made no, no sense for me to align myself with Democrats. They were talking about abortion. In church, they were talking about life. Culturally, philosophically, financially, the Republican Party was the way for me to go. Didn't mean I agreed with everything. But I agreed with enough. And I'm still here today. I've become more conservative in my years. But I don't hate the Republican Party because they're spineless and weak. I understand them. I get it. I, I, would, I hate that they do that. But I don't hate them. I don't wish them death. I think, you know what? If I can do a better job than that guy, then I put my name on the ballot and I run against Lindsey Graham. I run against McConnell. Oh, but you live in Jersey. You used to live in New York. You're an East Coast guy. If it mattered that much to me, I would move to Kentucky and put my name on a ballot against McConnell. Everything depends on how much it matters to you. What's this worth to you? For Donald Trump, it was worth leaving Trump Tower, moving his supermodel wife and his young son out of there, going right into the swamp, jeopardizing his businesses, jeopardizing his reputation, losing uh, lifetime friendships, being the guy that was in the rap videos and giving awards for Rosa Parks to becoming the guy that's now synonymous with racism. That's what it was worth for him because America matters to Donald Trump. That's patriotism. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. We're going to wrap this up. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y... Esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And we should have probably bumped in with the music from Snow White. Hi-ho, 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 hi-ho. You know that song. Anyway, that's because I want to talk about what's going on with the latest Snow White reboot from Disney. Yep, they're actually planning that. And like anything else that comes out lately, any reboot, just like the um, the ones that came out over the summer that had Hispanic actors in them. They were like, no, 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 but they're not Hispanic enough. They're not Afro-Latino, 
right? So if you're a Hispanic like me, where my mom was very light because um, her, her family has roots in Colombia, her family has roots in España, uh, and of course in Puerto Rico where, you know, her dad was born, et cetera. Um, and my dad who has roots in the Taino Indians and is more um, uh, red or darker, I don't always get confused for being Hispanic. Sometimes people think I'm Middle Eastern. Some people think I'm white. Sometimes if I'm with uh, African-Americans, they'll be like, you're a light-skinned brother, right? I mean, it just, it, it, I guess everything is situational. But they complain that they're not dark enough. They complain that they're not this enough and they're not that enough. And now Disney's responding to Peter Dinklage. Now, he is a actor that I know as the uh, night nurse. He was a nanny in the show Nip Tuck. I don't know if you guys remember Nip Tuck, but great show in the... Um, Early 2000s. I didn't watch them all back then. I remember I saw a few and I was like, pretty cool. A show about plastic surgeons. And it was set in Miami, which I happen to love. And it was kind of like, you know, Miami Vice meets, um, you know, one of these um, ER type of shows. And I enjoyed the show when it was on a little bit as I watched it sparingly. But I recently binged the whole like six seasons. And man, let me tell you, crazy show. It has these Quentin Tarantino moments where it's really twisted and bizarre, but for the most part, a very entertaining storyline, interesting characters. The actors, I think, do a good job portraying it. It gets a little soap opera-ish at times, but again, when I'm watching TV, I'm not necessarily looking for good TV. When I listen to radio, I'm looking for good radio. But when I'm watching TV, it could be the the craziest, mindless, senseless stuff, and I'm not saying that Nip Tuck is. I actually think it is a great show, but... That's what I'm looking for to get my mind off of the nonsense, off of the hours that I spend scanning MSNBC and CNN and emailing Mr. Producer and Mark Levin and everybody else about what's going on and back and forth and all that stuff and listening to audio and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just said that. Did you hear that? So I enjoy his, you know, housewife shows, Jersey Shore, you name it. And Jersey Shore is another one. I, I was very critical in the beginning, but it really, really, uh, became an endearing show for me that I enjoy a lot. And big shout out to my homegirl, Angelina, who I've become friendly with over the years. And she's on the cast of Jersey Shore. She's terrific. Now, this Disney reboot here of Snow White, or re-release, I should say, has a criticism from Peter Dinklage. And he's, the, the again, the actor that also was on um, Game of Thrones, Anyway, he was on a podcast, WTF podcast, Why the Face, I'm presuming. And he blasted the announced film based on the 1937 animated classic. And I'm reading from The Hollywood Reporter. After noting the casting of West Side Story, Dinklage told um, Marin, the host, literally no offense to anyone, but I was a little taken aback when they were very proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White. But you're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Take a step back and look at what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way, but then you're still making that effing backwards story about seven dwarves living in a cave together. What the F are you doing, man? Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough, Dinklage said. Now, I guess to add context to that, Dinklage has dwarfism. He's a little person, and he's not involved with any Disney projects. Disney attempted to set the record straight following the remarks to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film. We're taking a different approach with these seven characters 
and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. Ha ha, Mr. Dinklage. Check. We look forward to sharing more of the film as we head into production after lengthy development process, a Disney spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter. Still years from release, Snow White will have cultural consultants just like other live-action films like Aladdin and Mulan. The film has been in development for three years. The studio has been reimagining the dwarf characters since the earliest stages and intended for the characters to be CG animated. Joining Zegler, the live-action feature, a Tony Award winner, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anybody cares about who the actors are. If you do, sue me. Sorry. I cared about Peter Dinklage and his his um, rant on this because Disney's put this Latina in the role of Snow White. And again, I'm not mad at that. Maybe because I'm biased, because I am your liberty-loving Latino amigo, but more so because I think the story is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I do believe that you can have a black James Bond. Just call me crazy. I think there are black British people. I think that you can be somewhat interchangeable because I think that's what theater is. Again, this stems from my own experience as, you know, people may think talk radio, Rush Limbaugh, you know, 70-year-old white guy. But I don't. I think of talk radio as a guy with a lot of talent. On loan from God, right? He was amazing in his ability to, to create audience and to create an experience and to tell a story so effortlessly with such zeal for the art of broadcast. And I think there's a lot of good broadcasters out there who do a great job. And it's not about politics all the time. It's about telling a good story. It's about engaging with the audience, about being able to hook them in so they want to hear you. And I'm not always great at it. I may have some great moments, but I love the art form nonetheless. So yeah, I think if you have a story that's about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, okay, make a story about Snow There are white Latinas. There are white, there's white black people. I mean, you can find an albino black person if you really wanted to go that far. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just saying if you want to make it about her skin was white as snow, you could say, wow, there was this one girl from this community and she she um, was very white and we called her Snow White and she did this and she did that and then she fell asleep and then the prince came, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can do whatever you want with a storyline, not to mention there's makeup. I mean, you pick the best actor for the job, kind of like what SCOTUS is, uh, the, the scandal in SCOTUS right now with, with Biden saying we have to cast a black woman. We'll pick the best, the best black woman we can find, but it has to be a black woman. I guess some casting directors look at it that way. But I think when you're the president and when it's the Supreme Court, you really got to not do it that way. You've got to really connect with who's best in doing this job. And part of the problem is that we don't always agree on what the job is to interpret the Constitution textually or to interpret it progressively as a living, breathing document. You know, kind of like your mortgage, just living and breathing. The bank can call at any time and say, oh, you know what? This month we're going to do 15%, not the three we agreed to. It doesn't work that way. That's why we write stuff down. That's why we have a constitution. Anyway, I found out that there was an emoji and it had like this larger sized belly. And I was really upset when I found out this was not an emoji of me and my belly. This was the emoji for a pregnant man. Yep, it's true. There is... <laughs> a pregnant man emoji. And I think it's um, really interesting because a lot of people are saying you can't really become pregnant as a man. I know. Call the censors immediately. Here's the story. And it's reported in a lot of places. I just happened to click on Fox News because I'm a little bit biased. Apple's pregnant man emoji is part of big tech's strange fixation. Take two. <laughs> Apple's pregnant man emoji is part of big tech's strange fixation on gaslighting the American people. 
It's like the woke apex, according to Tammy Bruce here. Something ridiculous, completely on its face and contrary to reality. For over two years now, big tech has flagrantly done the bidding of the Democrats and progressive establishment, and we've been lectured and hectored to respect and accept, quote-unquote, the science. We should get a little button with a sound effect with some echoes. The science, 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 science. Anyway, the demand is applied to anything the establishment has deemed correct. If you do not comply, you will be punished. And then punished again, and canceled, and probably fired. And yet, here we're being told by Apple that a new emoji depicting a pregnant man is being released in the next iPhone update. And according to the article, it says, we plebs are getting punched in the face every day by big tech. Big brothers suspending or canceling us for being science deniers or for spreading misinformation, quote unquote, by the very same people who are now telling us that a pregnant man is real and normal. I got to tell you, I totally agree with that sentiment. Because there's no other way to describe it. You can't just say, well, it's, it's progressive. We want to respect all people. Excuse me. How many men do you know and have met in your life? And how many of those men have ever become pregnant? You are totally taking the minority and putting them in control of the majority. Now, I do occasionally feel outnumbered by the left. I feel outnumbered by the crazy. But I do realize there are more people that are not leftists than there are. It's just that the squeaky wheel always gets the oil here. They know how to make some noise. They know how to follow the rules for radicals. They know how to do this stuff. We have to meet them there. We have to play the game they're playing because we've ignored their game and said, no, we're doing, we're civil. We're traditionalists. We don't get involved in that. And yeah, I guess I'm putting on an Ohio accent for that. Not that Republicans are from Ohio, but my point is we got to play. You got to get in the ring with these guys. We don't have to be leftists, but we do have to fight with the leftists. And I don't mean physically. But I mean, we have to say, no, we're not going to accept this emoji, whether it means saying, you know what, we're not going to get the new update. We're not going to we're going to all dump our Apple phones, whatever it is. It should be done. Somebody should do something. Maybe there should be a national association of men that they'll probably label as misogynist. But maybe that person should say, you know, on behalf of the same way they have the National Association of Women. Somebody should say, hey, look, we're releasing a statement. We're doing a press conference. This is absolutely crazy. Maybe Joe Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden, maybe Joe Biden can say, hey, look. I don't think we have pregnant men, but it wouldn't be in his best interest. He doesn't want to get canceled the way the last president got canceled, right? This is why we have to do stuff. That's why I say if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't do nothing. Do something. What should you do? Well, number one, make sure you click the download button, automatic download, and subscribe to This Is America with Rich Valdez. Now, I don't know which app you use, whether you use iHeartRadio's app or the app that comes with your phone, whether it's the Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, CastBox, there's so many of them. Whichever one, make sure you subscribe to this show. Number two, we get censored so much. Make sure you share this. I don't care how you share it. If you take it and hit share and share it through a text message to somebody you think that would enjoy it, whether you do it on your social media, however you do it, I'd really appreciate it. I'm not asking for any money, but I am asking for you to share this and retweet it and do whatever you got to do because we need to get the message out. And if they're going after Rogan, you can only imagine what they're doing to everybody else. So that's one simple action. But other things, Organize. Start to meet people that agree with you, that care about your community, and start to organize around issues. I'll talk about this more in the next episode, the Tuesday edition of This Is America. But I cared about education because I got a really good one, in my opinion. 
I, I learned that I was able to see the world the way I, I think the world was, the way it was intended to be, not this new caricature of the world, this 1984 version of the world that my children have to live in. And I'm grateful that I can help navigate for them because I can see what they can't. And I think education is a great place to start. And it was one of the highest honors in my life to be one of the founders of the beloved community charter school in Jersey City, New Jersey. And I just had lunch with the, um, one of the administrators the other day. And uh, it was so nice to, you know, there was five of us that started the school and we hired a consultant who got the financing and he was really part of the brainchild. Obviously, this was a big part of his idea. And he'd actually written the New Jersey charter legislation and uh, presented it to the politicians and they enacted it, but he wrote it. And it's enabled so many kids in such a terrible part of Hudson County, New Jersey. It's a great part of the city uh, in some during the daytime, but at night it's crime ridden. And where they said, if you don't have uh, two parents in the home, you're not going to succeed. If you live below poverty, you're not going to succeed. And yet here we are 10, maybe 11 years later now, and you've got these little scholars, mainly black and brown, with their eyes on Harvard, with their eyes on Yale, going forward into STEM careers, proving the system wrong, outperforming the local district. The biggest setback we faced was COVID-19, where those kids fell behind because they weren't in school. We're talking about a longer school day. I mean, this is a model. And I don't mean to make a commercial for them. They're not paying me for this. It's just, it's something I was passionate about. And I want you to be passionate about something too. So you can organize around that and get parents involved and start a charter, start homeschooling. If we don't lay a serious blow, start landing some serious gloves on the teachers union and weakening them from within, we're not going to win. And our children are going to lose. Anyway, Until the next one. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.